Blog Talk Radio. From the Windy City to your city, courtside, the matchup you've been waiting for. A field of dreams for some and a long ride home for others. Sounding so good through the air, it's like you're right there. Folks, you want the score? People, she's got your game. It's the Maya Kai Show featuring comedian Nikki Braden. She is pretty funny with your host, Maya Kai. Radio never looks so good. All right. Happy home day, everybody. It's Tuesday from Maya Kai. So fun. Featuring comedian Nikki Braden. We are back. Middle of the week. I was down for the count on Monday. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't make it in, Nikki. I tried. <laughs> couldn't swing it. It would not have couldn't been a good show. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> I don't know what's going around. These modified flu viruses, it's ridiculous. I'm yeah. serious. It's just like you, you get the flu shot. That only helps you with one, one strain of the virus. One strain. It's That's just it. one strand of it. You can still, you know, get yes. whatever. So I was down for the count, but luckily it was just a 24-hour thing, and I was, you know, okay the next day. So we got quite We're a bit. We're glad you're better. Yeah, talk about. So we are back in the saddle, helping you to officially kick your morning up to the midday. With that being said, how the show is going to unfold, as it always does, we start with what's trending, those hot topics and headlines everyone's talking about that may have a local, national, international focus. Today, we hit all three of those areas. We're going to go local, we're yeah. going to start there, and we're going to work our way all the way out international. And then we'll wrap up that first hour with point of view. We'll kick off the second hour with the fringe, those conversations or headlines that maybe you haven't heard about that aren't trending in your timeline, but we think they're worthy of conversation. And because it's Wednesday, it means it's time for another installment of What Would Nikki Say?, where she goes four uh-huh. rounds toe-to-toe with Dear Abby trying to help wayward souls with some real relevant advice. I think, again, I dug up some good ones. This, this, it definitely covers okay. A variety of different topics that people can probably relate to. And then we'll wrap everything up with Celebrity Talk and the Side Eye. So that's how the show is going to unfold. Remember, without you, there'd be no show. So you're always welcome to call in and voice your opinions. Share your comments, 310-807-5211. Or if social media is more your comfort zone or it's just more convenient, I get it. You're at work, so you can't be chatting up with your girls. I understand that. You can always <laughs> hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Find me at The Maya Akai Show. Nikki, how can they connect with you? I am Nikki Braden on Facebook and Twitter, the Nikki Braden on Instagram, and the chat room is wide open for your comments. Happy hump day, everybody. All right, so there you go. That's all the ways you can connect with the show. So without further ado, unfortunately, we didn't get to wrap up Pisces because it ended. We did not. Um, it's okay. That was it was, it's been shade all. It was shade all throughout our Pisces. It was a little shade. I was expecting shade at the end. We got it at the beginning. You start how you finish. I get it. Hey, if nothing else, consistency has been our theme for 2016. So I was consistent yes. with how I dealt with Pisces for some yes, reason. Yes, you were. But we're now into Aries. Actually, that sign began yesterday on uh, March 21st, mm-hmm. goes all the way to April 19th. And let me just tell you something. Aries have been chomping at the bit for Look, it to be their moment. Uh, interesting on social I'm media. I'm like, can you wait? No. I'm like, can you wait? God. They had a couple of false starts like a few days ago. They are we're out the block, racing down the track. Right. Getting ready for their okay. moment. Okay, no, That's seriously. Right. You know, hey, the sign, the ram, interesting. Everybody's kind of sign, like, what represents them is interesting. They're the ram, though. Here's what's weird. Ares, in Greek, is the god of war. And it's in the month of March, which is from the Roman contingency of that, which is Mars, which is interesting. And it's interesting because most Arians that I know are very fiery, let's fight it up type people. Well, <laughs> I don't know. just listen, listen, I can't wait. 
<laughs> I can't wait to read this because everything I, you I know, said is true. The form. You know, they just yeah. happen to be Aries, the god of war, and they're all kind of just, you know, turn it up, let's mm-hmm. go, I'll get it with you. I don't uh-huh. know, but what does their horoscope say for the day? Your confidence is high, but others may not be able to meet you halfway on the plan if you come off too arrogantly today. Out the gate, first day, arrogant. Just out the, you see what I mean? Just out the gate, first day. Something wrong with you people. Is something wrong with you people. Although you may prefer everyone to follow your agenda, it's not wise to push to get your way. Don't fret if your message isn't getting across now. Instead, take a deep breath, gather your thoughts, and then try once again until the energy settles down. This is what prevents everything from happening at once. Aries, I'm not doing this with you all month. Out the gate, arrogant. You want your way just the first day. Look, something's wrong with you people. Day, but they're, but they're gonna you. have it their way one bless way or the other, regardless to what. Look, what I say. They God of War. They don't the, mind. They yes. don't mind going toe to toe with you when they want what they want. So <laughs> hence, they're kicking the month off exactly with the theme is yes. gonna be. And now you know. Any good birthdays yes. today? If so, today is someone's birthday. Oh, I don't care. That was just for Pisces. I'm not doing that for everybody. <laughs> That was special for Pisces. Actually, I there are a couple good ones in here. There's a couple good ones. Uh, well, um, you, you researched that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, William Shatner mm-hmm. was born today. Um, George Benson, okay. singer and musician, his birthday is today, along with um, notable composer Andrew Lloyd Webber. Bob Costas, sportscaster, oh, his birthday people. today. Remember Matthew Modine, Vision Quest, his birthday is today. No. Um, and there, I love this one. The man of very few words but was known by everyone. Remember the famous mime, Marcel Marceau? Today is his birthday. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Let's go back to George Benson. He is a scat. He's the scat king. So happy birthday to George Benson. I like George Benson a lot. Happy birthday, George Benson. That's even keel having birthdays with people like that. You could be like, okay, and trust me, there's probably far more that we didn't that we didn't talk about. Actually, today, being March twenty second, is National Goof Off Day. I'm telling you. I'm just like, okay, it's Wednesday. So if you're feeling a little silly, have fun with it. Just don't get fired is all I'm going to say about that. Yes. Yes. It won't be a good excuse. Like, well, today is National Goo Off Day. Goo Goo Off Day is National Pack Your Box and Take Your Ass Home Day, too. (laughs) (laughs) And just be a little cautious with a big National Goo Off Day. All right, all right, all right. Something else before we get into hot topics and headlines, there is some sad news to share. We had actually gone a couple weeks that's not sure. Last week, I think we talked about Nancy Reagan passing away. Unfortunately, yeah. this is one, though, I've noticed that has been all over social media. And this is an individual that touched different people, different walks of life, different cultures, yeah. backgrounds, because he came from a group that everybody loves. And if you don't, yes. I question you, a tribe called Quest. We just found yes. out Fife, Fife Dog, um, has, he, he's passed away at the age of 45. We don't know all the details. Um, that has not been released, but... What we do know from what was put out there from his representatives, FYI, his real name was Malik Taylor, but he'll always be Fife, Fife Dog to everybody. Yeah, he'll be a little Fife. Um, we do know that he was having some medical issues over time, that he suffered from diabetes, as well as he had had a kidney transplant back in 2008. So the thought mm-hmm. is maybe these were some compounding issues or things maybe happened from that, but it hasn't fully been disclosed the nature of, you know, what caused his death. So unfortunately... That's a pioneer right there because I love a tribe called. You know what, Maya? Do you know sometimes like when people die and you always sorry for the loss, but sometimes it's like and everybody's like, oh, R.I.P. You're like you don't even know them. Get over it. But this one is like it. I'm a little sad a little bit. You understand? Like oh, I don't know why, but I just am. It's like oh, I can, you hate to hear that. It he is. was so young. 
but he's he's fight. You just always love fight. You just wanted to pick him up and, and you know here's he, the he thing fight. You know he was he was five foot, but he was. This is what I'm saying. You, you wanted to pick him up. How he stepped to, on the, on the stage when he picked up the mic. Yes. You forgot all about yes. how tall he was because yeah. his flow was just that tight. So it's just yeah. That's a young life. Yeah. Five. I mean, so that's the yes. sad part. But this is what I'm with you. That hashtag, you know, R, you know, R A P five dog. I, I was with you on that because when I saw that, I was like, what? That can't be right. Yeah. And I kept seeing it over and over in my timeline. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, that's that's sad. So there there goes the tribe called Quest. Even though Q Tip, I don't uh. think he'd even consider trying to do anything moving forward without him because they were that duel. They were just that that, that dynamic mm-hmm. together. So yeah. sad news, unfortunately, yeah. we've lost another very, one. Very this sad. is one that definitely very, generationally very impacts at least I think my generation connects with this. Yes. I mean big time. This is a big time someone yes. you're like, wow, this is right in the midst of first of all my generation and who I am. So sad news, unfortunately yeah. start the hump day. So Malik Taylor, aka Five Dog, is no longer with we us. We're gonna miss you five. We're gonna miss you We're gonna miss you. Your point gonna be five. a lot of there's gonna be a lot of liquor poured out from now yes. throughout the week. There will be in your honor, yep. and rightfully so. All so. right. Let's jump into some more news that's out there. We, like I said, we're going to start local and then move our way to international. So, obviously, local means okay. we're going to start Chicago. Chicago is always embattled with something. And always. <laughs> seriously, the, you always. Know, the city of big shoulders, you know, the windy city, it's just struggling. It really is. And this case actually – began before this ruling is set to come down. Like last November, there was talk about Chicago was in a situation where they may not be able to fulfill their pension that they have. Um, Now, mind you, pensions are something that truly are a thing of the past. Um, It's Mm -hmm. rare that companies even have pensions anymore. Everything is 401K. So when you see these pensions are probably something that's a layover from, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, and eventually almost everyone has phased over to 401Ks. But Illinois right. still has a pension fund. And being that Chicago specifically has no money, um, last year they went to court in regards to restructuring how the pension was set up. Um, because actually, and this is, this is a, sweet, a sweet pension fund that looks at it, it's administrative as well as labor workers are under the, it's their retirement system. They benefit from this. And pretty much the, the, the city is saying if we don't find a way to – restructure this ultimately we're going to end up not having the funds or being insolvent as it would say to pay and we could run out of funding in anywhere from 10 to 13 years and how how it's currently designed is that they were getting like cost of living increases um an automatic three mm-hmm. percent annual cost of living increase was happening all the time so what they're looking for now is replacing it with um either inflation based and skipping years And they're like, by doing some of these changes, we would be able to maintain the pension. But if we keep at the current pace of where we're at, we're not going to be able to have it. We're not going to have it in 10 or 13 years. You're just going to kind of be SOL, and the money is just not going to be there. And, of course, anybody who stands to, you know, get pension dollars is like, no way. Chicago is just trying to avoid paying the benefits that they promised to workers. Let me me just say this from, from both sides of the argument. I get where the workers are coming from. You expected that you have a pension. You were told it would be this way. But anybody who's looking around the city of Chicago, I don't know if they're tucking money away someplace, but everywhere from, you know, the school system is suffering, the city's bail bond rating is god-awful. I don't know, Nikki, that there's money truly to be had when it's all said and done. My, I, when you, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, guys. Um, when you just said that we're tucking money away, Maya, this is not Detroit 
Chicago isn't defunct, and every time we talk about this, I just picture one section of the city. And then I go to the other section, the Magnificent Mile in downtown, where everybody's thriving, and Grant Park, and the Bean, and all. I'm like, there's money somewhere. It's not like this whole, you would think the whole entire town is shriveled up, and there's tumbleweeds just going all through Chicago. True. There is true. something, you understand what I mean? There's then money somewhere, it's just where is it being allotted? Figure out where it is. Because, right. I mean, this is – and the reason this is in court right now and the ruling is supposed to come out tomorrow is they're saying asking to restructure this pension in any way is unconstitutional. And and people who have the pension coming feel like the money is there. They're just trying to find a way not to pay it. Yes. And they were saying last May the Supreme Court here in Illinois found that the 2013 law that reduced the retirement benefit to ease Illinois' $111 billion unfunded liability. Think about what I just said, $111 yes. billion. Dollars. It, it, it entails wow. five different pension funds. I, I don't know, but like I said, once again, another issue on the table in regards to now the pension has been in crisis for a bit of time, the education system. But I'm like you. You go to certain parts of the cities, and it looks like it's thriving. Yes. And obviously, often schools in those areas are not defunct and not having the this same This is what issues. I'm saying. So the question this is, is what I'm saying. When is somebody going to really step up and say, okay, this is not true. There obviously is money, but it's, we're picking and choosing where the money is going. I'm saying it now. I'm like, we're going to stop acting like the levees came through and everybody's floating on a roof. It's not like that. I'm like, you would think, like, people who don't live here would really think from the what, what we're saying, there's no money in the schools and everything's closing down and they're closing down health, mental health facilities and all this thing. There is a part of Chicago that is alive, well, thriving. Downtown is not extinct. People are coming here, tourists, everything. There's money somewhere. Now, I'm saying, where is it? I'm calling that. I'm like, where is it? Because it's, it's here. We're not defunct like uh, that. You know what? This I, is getting so ridiculous. We have a change of guards and how this city is managed everywhere from aldermen up to the mayor. We're going to be looking mm-hmm. at this very issue. And I think it's, it's yes. high time that somebody steps in and figure out where the money is going. Because Chicago generates yes. a lot of money just from a sense it's yes. a huge convention town. So, you know, it, it, yes. it has everything from Lollapalooza happens. It generates money from the taste of Chicago, all kinds of stuff. There's great They just had the comic Comic C E convention city. It is. Yes. I mean, and so mm-hmm. that's why I think people get irritated when they hear about special pavilions uh, provisions. And I'm not saying this to just pick on any one team. You can find dollars to donate towards a project to rehab Wrigley Field, but yet, wait a minute. Yeah. You can help find dollars for that, but you can't have found dollars to resolve the crisis in your education system. And I think that's where some people get upset. Like, so we're picking and choosing what's important. Correct. It's interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but um, I, I understand the people with the pension. They deserve to kind of be like, look, yeah, we're not buying this, and you better figure out a way to make this work because that's not what we agreed to. So, it's interesting. So that that ruling's going to come down tomorrow. So we'll see if um, okay, if the state, you know, if the Supreme Court says nope, not going for it. You better find the dollars because this is what this agreement says. You're not insolvent yet, and if you're anticipating it, that means you've got ten to thirteen years to figure out how not to be. So it's interesting. We'll see how that pans out. Other things. That should be noted. And I know sometimes as time passes around, people kind of forget cases are going on. Well, Officer Jason Van Dyke, if you remember, the officer that is um, accused, not accused, but known to be the shooter of teenager Laquan McDonald here in Chicago, is set to return mm-hmm. to court today. Um, and interesting enough, so he's going to attend this hearing where attorneys could discuss petitions asking the state's attorney's office, which right now is Anita Alvarez to turn the case over to a special prosecutor. And they're saying because hmm. of the fact that Alvarez waited more than a year 
to bring charges. They're criticizing that. Knowing about this video, as well as they feel that she had her her ties are too close to Chicago police, to the Chicago policing unit. This might be a conflict of interest in different things. Interesting. Does it feel like let's get this away from Alvarez before Fox steps anywhere near that office? Does it seem like that could potentially be what it is? I don't know, but that's something. So he is set to step into court. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that pans out because it comes on the heels, obviously, of Alvarez literally being just swept and what she thought, I think, was going to be an easy reelection period for her. And I don't know if she just didn't take Fox seriously, or I'm not sure what the case is, but either way, it's back in court, and they are looking to remove that from her. So that's one of the cases that is being discussed that's happening in Chicago, um, as well as, interesting enough, um, another case, that is the light is being um, shown on now, and we'll see how this goes. If everybody remembers Hydea Pendolin, and this is in 2013, the young lady that was outside in a park south side of Chicago and um, along with some other friends, and there was a drive-by shooting that happened, and Hydea Pendolin had been shot in the back, and she died from it. Part of the story, what became so enormous from it, was just weeks before she had performed at the second presidential inauguration for President Obama. So that within itself really kind of hyped the story, brought more attention to gang violence in Chicago. And to me, it's it's the thing that put the story on the table. I question this. If... Hydea had not just been at the White House, if she had not been an honor student, the question is this, would it have gotten a fraction of the attention that it got is something I'm really curious about. So the suspect that was brought into custody in regards to this, interesting enough, his name was Mikhail Ward. You know, now his transcripts are being released in regards to the questioning that happened with him. It's 174 pages. Um, it gets into how they want to say there was coercion in him and trying to get him to confess. But what's key is coming from this is that he expressed, he expressed that there was some remorse for him in what he did, and as well as that he was directed um, by another gang member to actually do the shooting itself. So he had known... Hydea Pendolin from grade school. He had seen her in other places, and so he knew of her. He wasn't exactly in school with her, but he was familiar with her. And part of what's being discussed is he's now expressing that there was remorse, but the key thing is he is saying now, what's being released in these transcripts that came out, Nikki, is that Mm -hmm. he was told he was directed to shoot into the park where Hydea Pendolin and her friends were. So what he's saying, ultimately, though he was kind of quiet initially during the questioning that he felt that they were trying to get him to confess, what he's saying is ultimately, eventually, he, he said that he was told that, hey, this was a rival gang territory, and okay. they were looking to find rival gang members to shoot. So ultimately, they didn't know who was sitting in the, in the park one way or the other, and they just shot, and it just turned out to be some kids that were from King Academy, 
it was rainy outside that was under pavilion. Hydea Pendulum was there. So he's saying they didn't know who they were shooting. They were looking for rival gang members. But he's also saying that he was instructed by Kenneth, by Kenneth Williams to do the shooting, who was another gang member who's connected with this. So that's some new light that's come into this case. But what has people a bit upset is that now the prosecutor for him is saying she might need more of a year or so to get this case together to truly give him the proper defense. And right now, people are not liking the sound that this has to be extended out any longer than it already has. When you have these two people in custody and the public defender, her name is Julie Kolar, you know, saying, hey, we, we get that you want to provide him the proper defense, but we know that he was the shooter. So what exactly do you need more time for? Right. What are you defending? I mean, unless they're just trying to lessen the charge, and it sounds like they are, because saying that I was instructed to do this, so that might get you, what, second-degree murder or, you know, I don't know the degrees of it, so it might, like, drop the charge a little bit, but it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. So his time isn't as, as lengthy, but I don't... I don't like I was instructed to do – you You can make your own decisions. You understand what I mean? Like that's not an excuse to do anything, and I don't live the gang life, and I don't know, and maybe you are afraid of your life, and there's maybe rules and hierarchy, but it's just foolishness, and that little girl should be here because she was a rising star. She's what we needed on our team for our generation in the future, and she's not anymore. So I don't care who told you to do it. You shouldn't have done that, and you have to serve your time, and they should not drag this out. This has to be – torture for her parents and her family and everybody that loved her what are we doing let's stop wasting time on this cuff him and put him in jail he did it and let's be done exactly let's to me there's, there's, i'm not sure how much time is is needed for this because you know what he is guilty of mm-hmm. so I, i'm like I, i'm not getting it i'm not understanding yeah. it either but you know it's 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 sad and it doesn't bring her back. And I'm like, you, no. it doesn't matter who told you to do what. The key thing is right. you were looking for people to shoot, whether it was her or with somebody else. Or anybody. Either way, yes. you were looking to extinguish a life. Yes. And yes. the reason is because they happen to be opposite or a rival of you is not a reason to do so. So I'm not exactly sure how much more time you need to put together the case because right. either way, the intention was murder. And the outcome Correct. was Correct. murder. So does it really matter who it was? No, let's move forward and let's take care of this. And I don't think another year needs to spin around for what. So I, agree. I, I just one time hoping the judge would be like, no, we're going to move forward with this. So, so what if he, he comes out and he says that he wasn't the per- he, he didn't want to do what he was told to. He was still the one that pulled the trigger. So that doesn't change. So now you have an accomplice. So now we know right. that. That is what it is. So that's some of the stuff mm-hmm. right now that's trending locally. We'll take a break, and we come back. We're going to expand out nationally and then go international as we wind down the first segment. What's trending, everybody? You're tuned in to the Maya Kai Show Unplugged featuring Mr. Braden. It's tight, everybody. We'll be right back. An on the corner first in Ah uh... 
the roadblock has been was, yes, everybody questioned the nature of why Sandra Bland was stopped. And everybody is really confused how she was arrested, taken to jail, had made phone calls home. You see her moving around the jail, and all of a sudden she's dead in her cell. And it just doesn't right. add up for a lot of people, though everything we've seen thus far gives us no explanation for her death, and it's still being ruled a suicide. So why this Texas trooper, by the way, who was terminated from the force, he was let go. So on okay. Tuesday, he pleaded not guilty to the misdemeanor perjury charge that was directly connected to his involvement with the arrest that happened to Sandra Bland. So what the perjury is, is his name is Brian Insinia, and he entered a plea pretty much saying that they're questioning that he was saying, you know, he told the truth when he stated that Sandra Bland was being resistant to arrest, but ultimately then the video came out. You know, he did his report first, and then the dash comes, kind of comes out, and you hear him, see him pulling his gun and threatening to light her up and doing everything mm -hmm. opposite of what he said he had done in regards to the traffic stop itself. So that's actually what he is being, you know, being put on trial for was you perjured yourself when you said that she was being non-cooperative in your attempt to stop her, and this is what resulted in her arrest. And so the video came out, and it was like, wait a minute. You got your gun pulled, and you're saying things are right. inappropriate. So that's really right. what his whole trial is about. It's got nothing to do with her murder. So we'll see how this pans out. I, I don't understand how you can possibly get away with saying you didn't do it because you did it, because you lied, you perjured. You didn't say that I might have been a little inappropriate, um, she was being difficult, and I just got angry. No, he made it seem like it was the onus right. was all on Sandra Bland. So that's actually something that was just in court, quiet. We don't know what the outcome is going to be, but it's, it's a case that's out there. So we will see okay. uh, what happens. But I didn't want that for people to forget. Forget, no, absolutely you got not. This case absolutely going on. Not. You've got the Freddie Gray case going on in Baltimore. Yes. Tamir Rice is going on in Cleveland. Yes. Um, here soon in Chicago, you'll have the whole Laquan McDonald case. you got cases all yes. over the place going on. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. it's easy for things to kind of fall to the wayside um, yes. because people tend to forget other things, you know, have not ended or the resolution has not come from it. So he's back in court, and he, interesting enough, pleading, you know, not guilty. How can you plead not guilty when it's clear you yeah, are? I, you, my, I don't you know, understand. This See, this is you're wasting court time. You're just wasting. Why don't people just own their crap? It's on video. It's just be like, all right, you caught me with my pants down. Now what do we do? Not guilty, really. I'm like, just own your crap. This is so infuri. This infuriates me, Maya. It absolutely does. I'm like, it's on video. You didn't have to do that to that lady, and just own it say you were out of pocket, whatever you need to say, own it, and then move on and get your punishment, and then let's go and clear out the courtroom You've for other lost your job. important You've stuff. You've been terminated. You, yeah. Um, yes, you're, yeah. you probably will do some jail time, but you, you're not – as it stands, you're not guilty of her murder. At this point, no one right. can figure out what happened with that. So you're not right. on trial for murder, but you are on trial for right. surgery that you lied and what you put down as a legal document. So just own what you did. Regardless if Thank she you. got your goat that day and you were just – having a bad day and you responded in a way that no police officer should, you did it Ever? and everybody saw right. you did it. But I guess, you know what, right. I guess we're to a point now where everyone's like, let's just go through the motions. Let's just deny it. That's, I'm sure he was told that, even though clearly the evidence says opposite, because people can sure. be, you know, citizens can be confrontational with you, but she wasn't, she was being verbally not, you know, not, she wasn't agreeing. She wasn't threatening him. Um, right. She just was being resistant to arrest, but she wasn't being physical, and it didn't warrant right. drawing a gun. It didn't warrant saying, I'll light you up. That's not how you talk to right. people, even when people are talking wrong to you. 
So right. you know, we'll see. We'll see if um, I have a feeling some punishment will come from that. Probably more from appeasement than anything else, because the sure. the evidence is just too obvious to walk away from it and say, oh well, he behaved that way because she behaved that way. No, it doesn't work like that. But talk about things that are out of the scope of your control. Just as the world had kind of settled in what happened in Paris, not just several months ago. Not that we had forgotten, but it's just another terrorist attack has happened. It's a sombering thing. Um, A lot of progress had been made in actually catching the individuals that were involved in that, only to have another situation take form and happen in Brussels, Amsterdam, where not just one place was targeted, the airport as well as a metro yeah. station was, tar- was targeted, and now we're looking at upwards to the casualties are up to 30 people. Let's take a listen as mm-hmm. CNN is giving some updated information on what they know so far about the suspects connected to the Brussels terrorist attack, which, by the way, ISIS is taking responsibility for. All eyes on the photo of these three men inside the airport early this morning uh, the two, according to the prosecutor, the, the suspected uh, suicide uh, attackers. Tell me, tell me what you've been learning. Well, one reason why, Brooke, they believe that those two men in black are the suicide uh, bombers is because, as you see, they're wearing, both of them are wearing one glove on their left hand. And so officials believe those gloves were to conceal a detonator. They say either they could have had it in their hand, and once they clenched their hands, you know, into a fist, that could have set the device off, or perhaps they had uh, connectors on two fingers, put them together, and set the device off that way. Uh, But either way, they do believe those gloves were all part of the plot to to uh, set off the bombs without calling attention to themselves when they're there in the airport. Uh, officials at this point believe the man in white, as you see next to the two men in black, is still on the run. He is at large. Uh, and so that manhunt is underway right now. Uh, and U.S. officials are, are trying to figure out if this person has any nexus to the U.S. and that kind of thing. They're going back, scrubbing their cases, looking at the whereabouts of suspected extremists in the United States and trying to ensure that there aren't going to be any copycat attacks here at soft targets in the United States. All right, so that was CNN giving an update on now what they're finally getting pieces of information in regards to who they think possible suspects can be. Nikki, did you hear what they said? Now, how many times have you been someplace and you looked and saw somebody wearing one glove and you just, it probably wouldn't even jump out at you. But now look at what they're telling you. Yeah. It's a way to to conceal a detonator. And, yes, it probably should draw attention. Like, why do you have this one glove on? You know, two of you. Right. It's, just, it's so interesting how little by little you get small education pieces when these kind of things happen. Not that you want people to feel extremely sensitive, but right now, guess what? People are feeling very sensitive, and the rhetoric is going the wrong way again from the likes of Cruz and Trump. But I will say this. Let me mm-hmm. just say this, and I'm not going to back off of it. This is exactly why people will tell you when it comes to the refugee situation, they're like, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Because if we don't know who you are, just because you need a place to go, doesn't mean it should be here. Because they do now know there's been an infiltration into those refugee groups coming to different countries. And Europe, unfortunately, has has taken the brunt of that. It is not to say these people have anything to do with this, but this is when you start talking about security measures, that why people get sensitive about, yeah, no. We don't know. We don't want to do it. No. And I'm like, because Brussels, what did Brussels sprouts do to anybody? I'm like, why are you messing with Brussels sprouts? What did they because, do? But, NATO? Know, is it because of NATO? I don't know. I'm like, what is, got what, nothing, what is it's, happening? It's not because it's got nothing to do with Brussels. Well, what they're saying is there was a request. 
See, we're finding some backdrop information, and this all has not been verified. This is a little speculation that ISIS had made a request that an individual that was in custody be released, and that custody, mm-hmm. that request was denied, and hence this was like a right. retaliation. It's part of what was sure. floating around as a rumor. And the thing about it is, so the attack happened in the morning at a checkpoint at the airport, and then about an hour later, the second bombing happened, um, and, they, and they're saying at the airport that was a suicide bomber. And then they're saying at the metro yeah, because he blew himself. Yeah, I think he that was a bit different. He blew himself up. And that happened yeah. an hour, an hour later. Um, it's just, it's so. I remember when this popped up on my phone, like in the middle of the night, and I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, yeah. just, I don't know, but and I always say I feel really bad for people who live in Europe, and I say this because though Europe is a continent. Countries don't, like, have checkpoints sure. or, like, border control. People sure. flow freely throughout Europe, which means sure. this yes. makes it so easy for anything to be a soft or a hard target because people are moving everywhere. So mm-hmm. for them trying to create defenses for safeties and screen, it's it's difficult because I can bomb in Brussels and be over in Sweden exactly. in no time. Yes. And that's, yes. and that's you hit Paris, story. like all of those places. You are absolutely right. That's like a train ride away. I mean, you just go through that co- that continent with those countries and infiltrate through those countries, and people just take the train from one place to another, like a train to get from one country to the next. And so you are absolutely right. You can just do Brussels and be somewhere else just like that, just that quick. It's sad, and these yeah, terrorists so- are not playing. They are not yeah. playing around. You know, so, I mean, there's lots of speculations. Like you said, NATO has a headquarters, yeah. headquarters in Brussels. Sure, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it, it doesn't even matter why or what. Right. I'm like, it's just, it, it's it's scary. And this is why when you talk about, you know, terrorist attacks in the U.S., I, I, I always say we are we, we have a more of a comfort zone than most people do because we have a bit more control here. Because if you bomb mm-hmm. somebody here, everybody's going to turn around and start looking for you. Like, seriously. Yep. Every head's on swivel. Like, up, oh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they will tell. So it's a little different mm-hmm. here. So it's just – and this is why I, I felt a, a certain kind of way about the Apple situation with the phone. I was like, I get it's about privacy, but what if it keeps Americans safe? What happens if on right. that phone with information tied to another terrorist attack? So, Mike, mm-hmm. when do you weigh out it's about privacy, but it's about the greater good and the safety of this country? Because you're not asking them to crack the code on just a regular citizen's phone, like somebody sure. who's, like, you know, doing inside trading, something like that. Sure. Talking about people who have the intentions of literally taking other people's lives under the guise of terrorism. So my question is, do we draw the line in the sand where we think privacy matters more? You don't need any privacy. If you're trying to hurt other people and you're trying to hurt us, your privacy is wiped away. You don't need any privacy. I'm like the mom that comes in your room. I pay the mortgage, you're not locking the door, and your privacy is gone. Do you pay the mortgage here? No, all right, I'm coming in your room. That's it. Apple's been resistant because to honor their customers, they won't do it. And And I understand their stance. But at the same time, I'm like, but won't it be awful? We better never find out that there was someone on that phone yeah. that like, even had any knowledge of anything because then people are going to like be like, wow. I, it's, it's a toughie, and I get it. Yeah. I get walking that fine line, but it's it's really something that is really just – it's sad. And I feel bad for people in Europe because I'm like, do they not walk around just feeling like anything could happen any day? I mean, uh, that's right. how I feel. Because it's all over the place. Yeah. It's happening in it's happened in Spain. It's happened in England. It happened in Paris. It's happening in Brussels. Paris. It, yes. It's happening everywhere. I mean, I'm like mm-hmm. Germany. I was like, so do are they just desensitized? Like, I hope I'm never at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or have they come to accept? Unfortunately, this is something we have to deal with. And this now, I'm gonna tell you something. I remember about 
10 or plus years ago, probably the last time I was in Europe, I noticed that there was this very strong anti-Islam sentiment. And mm-hmm. if, it was, if it was on the rise 10 years ago, right about now. Right now, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's at DEFCON. I'm serious. I know it is. Yeah. I know it is. Because it, it was already very unsettling. I was like, wow, these people really don't like Muslim people. And then I was looking around like, okay, I don't know exactly why. I, I thought it was a culture clash. Well, okay, well, I don't know. But um, it's definitely gone from bad to worse, and and I feel for them for anybody who lost people. It's just a sad, it's just really yes, sad. It, it breaks my heart that for real, we just can't we just can't get along. We just can't agree to disagree and disrespect one another. That we're so past that point, and we're supposed to be the in, the intelligent species on the planet, isn't that? Yeah, but that's the scary you know, part. We're the smart trying ones. to move forward. <laughs> And, and institute change when you have different perspectives. So we, we've been working with Cuba for, like, what, the last year and a half, lifting embargoes. Mm-hmm. So President Obama makes that first historic trip to Cuba, which we still know is a communist country, um, yes. traveled throughout, not just met with top-ranking officials. He got down with the people. He did. You know, he went out into local communities. He met people. Here's the thing that touched my heart. Who was his local interpreter? Malia. Malia. And I, I said, love See, it. that's what I'm talking about. I but it love was a local it. stuff out with the people. He used his I love daughter, it. who was fluent in Spanish, to be his interpreter. See, you got to love that. Yes. Getting your kids in yes. Getting them just involved, not just walk around with me. No, no, baby, what are right. they saying? You know, help daddy yes. out. I love I just thought yes. that was precious. I just, I think it's so precious. I love it so much. He's like, what did he say? And she's like, he said, but I love that. That is amazing. See, that's the thing I that love people those never give him. I love it. That's See how they just didn't have daughters in the White House. Do you see how they right. work them in and have them understand yes. the world? So I just thought that was yeah. amazing. But, you know, he gave a very historic speech to a large crowd, obviously urging Cuba to consider democracy opposed to communism. Mm-hmm. I got mixed emotions about that. I'm like, well, you know, democracy ain't working for everybody. So yeah. let's just tell them to figure out something that's going to work. <laughs> but do right. it at a pace that works for you. Because we do know when communist countries have opened their doors, they have been bombarded and overwhelmed. Yes. And understand, yes. I mean, and I get Cuba needs to move forward, but just take a warning from, like, your Russias and other countries. you got to do it over time because you've got opportunists, when you say democracy, who see capitalism mm-hmm. in their eyes, they see dollars, and they realize yes. people are chomping at the bit to get to Cuba, literally. Yeah. They're chomping at the and bit. And we are – we're line. not exactly the role model that you should follow. No, so, like, no, we're not, not saying don't move but we are not the role model. Has already <laughs> like, don't do what we do. Their routes to Cuba. Now, I'm not going anywhere on Carnival because their boats get stuck out in the ocean, catch on fire, yeah. all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. But look, I guarantee you, those cruises are going to sell out. So Carnival has sure. already jumped on board, and they're booking their stops in Cuba. So, I mean, understand from an opportunist standpoint, capitalists are chomping at the bit to get at yeah. Cuba. And I'm just going to say yeah. – be mindful because they really don't care about you and your people. They will right. exploit you, and you'll turn into like so many other countries that are in the West Indies that these major corporations come in and make money, but your people are poor. And that's mm-hmm. what we don't want to see happen in Cuba. So right. uh, very historic visit. Um, I can't wait to go. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Me and my father are planning yeah. to go, and I'm really looking forward to it. But um, I'm like, just take your time. Don't rush into this. I know bad right. things could happen. So that's kind of international. Yeah. That's the things that are trending, what's going on. So we've got some good, we've got some bad. Good job. But, yeah. you know, hey, it is it is what it is. So if you like me, you're already getting ready to book your trip to Cuba. Um, I am. I can't wait. We, are we going together? Was that decided? Was it a group thing? Or, or we, we can. Just... We can. I, the more the merrier. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm just absolutely looking forward that. to that. Yeah, you can go because you can speak okay. Spanish. There you go. And I doubt, <laughs> I doubt my friends are going to help me at all. I'll be your interpreter. So yeah, I can interpret. You, just, you, know, you, you can be Mama Leah. 
<laughs> you get to be Mamalia since I don't nice. see Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. That first segment is of the book. We're going to take a break and come back and talk about hmm, point of view. A couple topics on the table. And this one is one I've got mixed emotions about. There is a controversial court case going on right now about a little girl, a custody case, who is partially Native American. And the appeals okay. court has made a decision about her future. And it's really polarized, obviously, her foster family as well as a whole community of people. And I'll be curious what people think, as well as if you are thinking about sending your kid to a college in Kansas, you may want to think twice because at this point almost every student on a college campus will be able to carry a gun. Yeah, you heard Whoa. me right. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Matter of point of view, it's a matter of perspective. To cut everybody, we'll be right back. Well, the man said, we're going to start it all. We're going to start it all. We're going to start it all. And then he said, we're going to start it all. We're going to start it all. We're going to start it all. Facebook page is Nikki Braden. Um, I'm Nikki Braden on Twitter. I'm in Twitter school, so allow me <laughs> to go and graduate. <laughs> I'm in Twitter school. I'm yeah, the Nikki Braden on Instagram. Twitter I have Twitter class, class right now. How so. funny is that? 
All right, so <laughs> I had to go to we're going to start with this story that's interesting, and I really have mixed emotions about it. It's about a little girl who was in foster care, um, mother losing custody, and it's not the first case of its kind, but it's unique because she has Native American lineage. And there's certain laws on the books in regards to children that may be displaced from family members about how it's supposed to be handled. Taking a, a listen to his ABC News did a really great expose. We'll listen to a small amount of it about a little girl named Lexi, and then tell me what your thoughts are. A California family was left reeling when their six-year-old foster daughter was removed from their home, all due to the enforcement of a controversial law that says because of her Native American blood, she must be placed with relatives who happen to live hundreds of miles away. Here's ABC's Kenan Woodward. Tonight, a family devastated after a dramatic custody battle comes to a head. They're fighting Lexi! Six-year-old Lexi, her image blurred to protect her identity, in the arms of her foster father. Love you, Lexi. We're fighting for you, Lexi. As she has been for four long years. But now, he is forced to hand her over to Child Protective Services. Are you still there? Rusty Page then breaking down in tears. I'm Lexi Superman. And Superman's going to have her back. Bring back my daughter. Do not let the world go unnoticed with this. Please do not. This is not right for anyone. This is not right for Lexi more than anyone. This Santa Clarita community rallying around the family, their hearts also broken. How long are you going to stay here? As long as you can. As long as you can, yeah. Emotions have been running high here for days. Keep fighting for her. Keep fighting for what's right in all this. And know that we're thankful. Lexi had been in two foster homes before she came to Summer and Rusty Page. They've been her foster parents since she was two years old. They say she knows them as mom and dad. She's going to wonder why mommy and daddy didn't fight for her or why she's not at home. She's going to question our love. She's going to question if she can trust any adult ever again. According to court documents, Lexi had been removed from the custody of her birth mother when she was just 17 months old because of substance abuse problems and her birth father, who has a criminal history. But last Friday, a court ruled Lexi should be taken to live with her extended family in Utah, where an attorney representing the little girl tells ABC News, we are relieved that our client will finally be reunited with her siblings and her extended family. It's also the federal law, and so we have to comply. You know, we've had people ask us why we're going to the media, um, you know, why we're dragging Lexi through this. But at the end of the day, it's about Lexi, and she's got to know if they take her in five, ten years, she's got to know that we fought for her. The legal fight for Lexi began four years ago after relatives of the girl's biological father, who is Native American, petitioned his Indian tribe and the L.A. Department of Children and Family for custody, challenging the Page's temporary custody of Lexi by invoking a law meant to protect the rights of Indian families. The intent behind the ICWA is to make sure that Native American children are kept not only within the family, but within the tribe and within the culture. Lexi is just 164th Choctaw Indian, but is enough to meet the legal definition of an Indian child.
But this law is not without controversy. In 2013, the Supreme Court heard the complex custody case of little Veronica. That confusing legal battle beginning when Veronica's birth mother put her baby up for adoption. We were praying for a child to love and raise when Christy came into our lives and selected us to be the parents to her daughter. Matthew and Melanie Campobianco raised Veronica for the first two years of her life. But when the child's father, Dustin Brown, a member of the Cherokee Nation, learned she had been adopted, he sued for custody. South Carolina Supreme Court initially gave the child to Brown, citing that same federal law designed to keep Native American families together. We tucked Veronica into bed from the time she was All right, that was ABC News, a much longer expose, but enough to give you a snapshot of what's going on with the situation with a little girl named Lexi that's out in California. Nikki, I really have mixed feelings on this, because here's my thing. I think this law should apply to anybody, regardless to which your nationality, ethnicity, or race is. If there is family that is able and willing, not just can will take you just because, but they're really a good fit, I don't know why you would not want to have that child with someone who shares who they are. And she has siblings. So, I mean, I, I get the heartbreak for the foster family, but can I put to say this, and I don't mean to be heartless, the key word is foster. You do know, you do know, you do know that That's temporary. There's, a, there's, a, there's a possibility that that child might be removed from your home because sure. you have not adopted that child. And I get Correct. you grow attached, yeah. and it becomes part of your family, but your role is to provide exactly what you did. In the interim. Space and nurturing environment until the right place yeah. can be found. And if she cannot return to her parents, who do not seem to be fit, but there is biological family that's available, why would you want to deny that? And it seems like that they have come to see her. They're not like people that they're just shuffling her off to, you know what I mean, that they don't know her. Correct. It seems like yeah. they've been building a relationship with her for a while. So my thing is, as heartbreaking as it is, I kind of feel like it's the right thing to do. No. It is the right thing to do. And first of all, let me just say that foster mom gets no Oscar nod. I'm like, you're not even that sad. You trying, but I'm no, like, that's. No, that was bad. That was a bad. Okay, whoever that was does not get. I'm like, I don't know who's trying to win the Oscar on this, but I'm like, this is not genuine tears. It didn't sound like it. I know you're sad, but foster people are the interim until you find another home, and they know that. And to pull this little girl, like you said, she has siblings, she has family. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to provide a place until they can go somewhere else. And if it is family, then that's where you go. You haven't fully adopted her. Adoption is one thing. That's right. one thing. That means that's your right. child. But foster, you're just the interim, and you shouldn't do that. And, like, we right. didn't fight for her. What are you? That's not your role to fight for her. Your role and is to provide a thing. safe place for her until they can find somewhere else for her to go. There. And I was like, okay, now yeah. she's not the agency anymore, but I was like, apparently I, I get that she was in your home for two years, and I, I understand a bond was formed. Sure. They, they grew to love her like their own, and I understand sure. that. And actually – that's what you would really want from a good from a good foster family. Foster if you home, want that yeah. child to feel loved and nurtured, but you also have to understand there may come a point in time when you have to give that child up. And though it may Correct. break your heart, know that you did the right thing, which was per- to provide safety for them sure. until something better came along that really worked. Yeah. And I'm like, so to me, regardless to the law about Native Americans, which I'm like, okay, I special treatment, but whatever. I think this should well, apply Well, it's only five of them. They, you got to keep them together. It's only five of them on the planet. You have got to keep them But, I mean, I, just, well, I get it, and I, even though, um, you know, I, I know it's heartbreaking. Now, the other story they mentioned, 
I kind of had I had some mixed emotions. They talked about the little girl Veronica, and I remember that story. What what I thought was odd about it though was her father obviously wasn't active in her life, and the right. mother put her up for adoption without informing him. That was wrong. Regardless right. of how active he was in her life, she should have put him up for adoption without his consent. And I don't think adoptions should even be able to go forward without. I don't the think they should without the both parents. Or sure, you find him, and if you can't find him. Then you move on right. and say, look, we tried, to, we tried to find the person. We couldn't. We're moving right. forward with the adoption. So, honestly, I right. believe that he had a right to his child. Do you know he ended up having – he lost custody, and the adoptive family actually got the little girl back? They said it didn't yeah. matter. He had waived his parental rights. Well, he didn't even know she'd been adopted. And, see, especially with dynamics in families where people stop talking, we have a baby, we're not married, we're not talking. Right. Um, people do hateful stuff all the time and don't yes. keep you in the loop. So how do you know? Yes. He honestly knew his his daughter had been put up for adoption. And so I thought that was mm-hmm. an interesting case when it happened. Um, but the little girl did come to know him for some time because he did have her. But um, another case where that same law, which is a, it's a federal law, was used for him to get custody after the little girl had been adopted, but he still lost custody of her when it was all said and yeah. done. I just really, in this case, I mean, I get the family, but I was like, you clearly have forgotten what your responsibility is. What your role is, yeah. And, and, I, and I also yeah. think it's so odd that you feel her family shouldn't want her. That's the part that I thought was weird, so they should just say, no, you can have her? You the side chick. That's like the side <laughs> chick trying to do wife <laughs> stuff. You the side Stop chick, foster the family. Just, you the side chick. <laughs> All right. Another thing that makes you scratch your head. If you happen right now to be somebody who's watching the Final Four, and you, like me, have picked Kansas to take it all, you might want to think twice if you're so enamored by the Jayhawks. Be like, that might be a school that I think my young young adult should go to because Kansas is a very pro-gun state, and they have several representatives that have been pushing. The conceal and carry got pushed through for them, but they've also been wanting that gun control in order for students to carry guns on college campuses. No. No. Universities are exempt from enforcing the state laws when it comes to this, specifically gun laws. But in Kansas, in July of 2017, their exemption will run out. And Kansas now has a Senate I Congress that is pro-gun along with their governor. And they're saying as of 2017 on college campuses throughout Kansas, no. students no. will be able to carry no. guns. And I'm saying no, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. You don't give a gun to a in college. In really, if I was allowed to just walk around with a gun, you know how many people look like Swiss cheese when I was in college? I would have just shot the devil out of everybody. (laughs) You can't give that responsibility to a. The mindset is if you have more people that are armed in situations, it would deter people who want to come and shoot when that's they know people not are true. unarmed. See, that's that mindset behind that. That's not true. I'm just going to say this. We have no. young people in college right now that are crying about yes. these safe spaces. I would yes. like to do they really need to carry a gun when they no. don't do well with just any kind of social no. conflict that goes opposite no. of what they're accustomed to? They feel like they are being no. picked on? So are this, is this really the generation of people that we want carrying This is what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. This is, no, bad, this is what I'm saying. This is dangerous idea. on all levels. On all levels, this is dangerous on all levels. You can't give that to college students because everybody has their opinions and everybody has their agenda, and then you're young, and then you're, you know, you just, 
it's just not a responsibility that young people in that position should be able to have. And if everybody's walking around with a gun, as soon as somebody's offended or as soon as somebody doesn't like what somebody said, that's going to turn into the wow, wow west, shoot them up at the OK Corral. This is dangerous on all levels, and I'm serious about that. This is not smart. This is not good. It's you don't not, do that. I, and I know there's you don't a thought do that. that we've seen different incidents of gun violence on college campuses. The one that probably mm-hmm. stands out is the one that happened in Oregon um, in late October of last year, how the gunman walked on campus, and he wasn't even actually a student there, but he walked on campus. He had been previously and fatally shot 10 people, um, and people just feel like, but if somebody in that room had been armed, that might have been extinguished, or it could have turned into the OK Corral, and people would exactly. like shooting, and it could turn into a bad yes. idea. These are people who are drinking and partying. I just don't think they should be gun-carrying individuals. I just don't Thank think the maturity level is where it needs to be. Half the people carrying guns don't need them. So I definitely don't no, want to give one to a college student. Let them book, no. learn, and let's figure something else out because this isn't the answer. So if you've got young ones thinking about college, take Kansas off your list if you think they're going to roll there in 2017. What a crazy idea. Crazy. I'm concerned. Crazy. We have no real answers for gun control because we realize it's about the people carrying the guns and it's not about the weapons. So the concept of give it to more people isn't a good idea. We need to scale back on this, not keep giving people weapons. Because we've seen it's the people who are supposed to be mentally sound that are having the breaks, and we're seeing more issues. Absolutely. I don't know. I just Absolutely. think ahead of this and think bad, bad idea. Horrible right. idea. First hour is in the books. We're going to take a break before we jump into that second hour, and we're going to kick off conversation with the fringe. The first topic is... Is classic for me because I believe there is a fine line, Nikki, of if you happen to be married to an athlete, I think you need to know what your role is and what mm-hmm. you're not expected to do. And there's an interesting story we're going to talk about. All right, everybody, sit tight. It's the Mario Capital Unplugged. Each thing, Peter McClayton.
second hour of the show. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, you are always welcome to join the conversation, 310-807-5211. If you want to call in and have everyone hear what you have to say. If not, you can always find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, at the Maya Akai Show for me. Nikki is manning the chat room. If you say something brilliant, she'll grab it and share yes. it. But, Nikki, if they want to connect with you on social media, where can they find you? I am Nikki Braden on Facebook and Twitter, and the Nikki Braden on Instagram. All right, we're going to kick off the second hour with the Fringe. Those headlines that are trending, just maybe not in your timeline, but they're worthy to be talked about. And this is one for me that I just, I don't know, I don't get why people don't know how to stay in their lane. Let me just tell you something. Uh, that's hard. If I was married to a people. professional athlete, I would be the absolute perfect wife. I would rant and rave mm-hmm. when you sucked and only talk to you about it. And I would never take my thoughts outside. I would not tell you what your coaches should be doing. What, that's, not in my, that's not in my business. You and I right. can powwow about it, but it's going to stay right there in the household with us. And God knows, if you know me, I'm a sports person. So I'm probably sitting down watching a film with you. But, I mean, I would never take my rants beyond between you and I because I am a reflection of you. And apparently Correct. Brent Grimes does not know this. He was he was a player for the Dolphins, and this is really where his, I guess you could say, issues began. He has a very, very vocal wife in Miko Grimes. And as you know, the Dolphins had their fair share of issues last year, not the season they wanted to have. And she would take the social media, specifically trashing other players, um, the quarterback for the Dolphins, Ryan Tan- Tannehill, just really causing a lot of issues. And ownership did not care for it. And they let Grimes know. They didn't care for how she was being vocal all over social media, bashing the team, coaches, and other players. Mm-hmm. To the point where they said, okay, this, this is a cancer on the team we can do without, and they let him go. Now, interesting enough, he has landed with Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers. She's getting another chance. But my question is, does his wife not understand her role? The reason if she that doesn't understand Ryan, it now. But no, but he has another job. Has, but my I'm, thing is, I don't think she's learned anything. She probably believes... His talent is so big, see what it means? So forget the Dolphins, somebody else picks you up when they cut you, so why should I shut up unless somebody has sat her down and say, the reason you can have the lavish lifestyle that you have is because your son is, your, I'm sorry, your husband is gainfully employed. But if you keep it up, that might change. You hand her a stack of applications. If I was her husband, I was like, you're getting ready to hit it. You're going to be the Walmart greeter. You are getting ready to go to work now because you got me fired. You hand her a stack of applications and make her go work. I don't understand Maya, why this is I don't this is more about her because you are absolutely right. This is a lane that you stay in and this is none of your business. You understand what I mean? To take the social media and get your husband fired from a, a gainfully he's gainfully employed, you get to live this lifestyle and what you're gonna do is see that's she wants to be that curry girl. You know what I mean? You know how that wife is getting all that attention, and this is one of those things. Ah, And I'm like, you're doing it the wrong way. You're getting attention the wrong way, and now your husband's fired. It's stand-up. What I think Miko Grimes wants to be is like a basketball wife, one of those type people who's on a reality show. So I think if I'm vocal enough, this might become some reason that someone's going to call me up and want me to be involved on the show. So this is like shameless self-promotion. But to me – it's more than just you made him really lose his job, they cut him, but also think about the issues you created for him in the locker room among his yeah. peers, other fellow yeah. players. Like, okay, man, your wife is out of pocket. 
I mean, think yeah. about the issues that she wants to stop and think. This isn't just about you thinking you're, you're running to his rescue. First of all, he's a grown man. He should man. be able to advocate yes. for himself, and if not, he has something that's called an agent that gets a percentage of what he makes to take care of things when things don't go right. Sit Correct. down and shut up. Women like this, mm-hmm. he needs to divorce her because she's a detriment. Because and I'm like, it doesn't matter if he's talented. No other team is gonna want to touch him because I'm like, you come with the package. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to deal with that. Nobody is gonna want to deal with you. So where, whether he goes to anywhere else and something doesn't go right, no team wants your your liability to be trashed all over social media. Nobody's gonna touch him with a ten foot pole. And this is ridiculous. This is about her, and she's not considering him. She just wants the attention, and she wants to be one of those wives, and that's exactly what this is, and that is just terrible. And, you Absolutely know, and, terrible. And I think what we're seeing with this kind of behavior is a culture that has risen because of the likes of things like basketball wives, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. L.A., Miami. Mm-hmm. It, it's put these women on the forefront who honestly, gosh, this is going to sound like so bad, have no real no, purpose in college in life. They got married exactly. to a professional athlete. Um, and hence now they have access to a life that they probably wouldn't have had had it not been for that. And in some cases, some of these women have never even been married to the athletes. I would say Miko Grimes is married to Brent. But either way, this kind of behavior has been glorified because of shows like that. And it's like, why would you, first of all, that's embarrassing to your husband. It would be, if I would yes. not be embarrassed, like, you need to sit down and be quiet. Even though he knew yeah. what kind of ratched up, ratchet person she was when he married her. But I was like... Right. How embarrassing, and I feel bad for him. The fact that Buccaneers took a gamble, but here's the thing. This might be the last gamble that he gets because if she keeps that behavior up, I'm like you on this. Other teams might say, nope. No. We don't need this kind of dissension in the locker room. We don't need some woman voicing her opinion on something, honestly, that's got nothing to do with her. So. I absolutely agree. She has enough problems to where she need to worry about why her boobs are too like on too both sides of her chest. She yeah, she needs <laughs> to worry about that. I'm like, you got your own issues to feel. You need to worry about why your boobs are just too far apart. Like one uh, rock is over like here and the other rock is over here. You got <laughs> you yeah, have I'm no cleavage. You. I was like, what's wrong with her breasts? <laughs> I was like, like literally, like they're like coast to coast. Like they're totally yes. apart. I, I had the same thought. That's really funny you said that. You don't even have cleavage. Mean, but they picked. The, no, I think they literally picked a bad picture of her. <laughs> Seriously, to go with the article because they were like not they were throwing mad. This is horrible. In the article, and I yeah. honestly, because she's probably a very attractive woman, but I mean they, they picked up girl. And I was like, and I thought, I'm like, what is going on with that? Seriously. She has no cleavage at all. It's just one boob under one arm and one all the way on the other side. I'm like, you got your own fish to fry. You do not need to be in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers business. You need to go see that doctor who did your boobs like that. Fix that and leave your husband alone. That's crazy. Uh, you know what? I'm telling you, I think this is all about her trying mm-hmm. to get a reality show. I'm Absolutely it is. On a reality Absolutely. show, which, again, Absolutely. for him, is really not good news. He needs to put her in check. And I don't know, she might just be too rogue for him. She might be, like, too over the top. Because if he couldn't shut her up, like, babe, you're causing me issues. And if he couldn't shut her up, she just might be out of control. Well. And he's got no prenup. So guess what? Now he's stuck with her. He stuck with a big mouth woman, and God knows that big mouth woman with bad boobs. I'm like you, uh, uh-uh, uh, you too much. You got big mouth with bad boobs. boobs. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of terrible. bad places to be, and this is interesting because I'm like, are you kidding me? And I've noticed this before. Lawsuits are like something that's now culturally immersed here in this country. People sue mm-hmm. for everything. 
thing. I remember when somebody was suing McDonald's because they bought, they actually the, bought some the the very coffee. yummy mozzarella sticks, which are really good, and uh-huh. one of them was empty. There was no cheese in it. <laughs> okay. If anybody's wow. ever cooked cheese sticks at home, that can happen when you, when you fry them. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it just oozes out, and it's just right. a shell. I've had that happen to me. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. error. That's like a normal thing that can happen. But I guess you should um, have quality control and check all of your mozzarella sticks before you put them in a the container. So somebody was suing for that. Well, now that's there's a dumb. lawsuit that's coming against Starbucks. Two people in California have filed a suit saying that customers are being cheated because the lattes are being underfilled. Nobody feels anything. Potato no. chips is potato chip bag is up. empty. The, the, they put more ice in your drink. Whenever you get a drink, they put like twenty pounds of ice, and then that means you only have like a little liquid in it. Like nothing is ever filled up. Why? Why is Starbucks that, being punished okay. now? So I'm not the only person who realizes. Anytime I've ever bought anything, it's never been filled to the level it's that never. it's supposed to be. Either they put no. too much ice, which literally you're not getting the amount. But I've always noticed the latte cup was never. It probably started out it had no. like you know a little foam on top. So I don't know if the phone yes. counts because they're using, interesting, these two people in they California use the phone. are using um, yeah, the, yeah. the law that say, states that it's a consumer law and that they're saying that Starbucks has been negligent and misrepresentation and fraud. So they're saying that you fail to fill the cup up and you're misrepresenting that I'm getting a certain amount. Interesting enough, though, when you purchase a latte from Starbucks, it just says tall, grande, Vinci, and Vinci. Vinci. Yeah. Is right. there any size attributed to that that is ever posted? Not to be funny. You know one is small, no. one's medium, and one's large. But is there right. anything that says a grande is exactly this much in the cup? I've never seen that. Even if I've never seen Honey, it. Honey, it took me like three years to even understand the lingo. And I was like, I thought a grande was large. I was like, what's this little bitty baby cup? I was like, okay, that's not the that's like, tall. Grand, I'm like, okay, I was confused on grande, venti, and like, so whatever I ordered and got, I was like, that's how I learned the sizes of it. I was like, you can't sue for that. So that was confusing enough. But nobody feels up anything, Maya. I, this is not a lawsuit. This does not a lawsuit make. And who has time for this? So what is Starbucks? No, nobody. And I was like, you don't think we have better cities in this country to we focus have on? And once again, you're already overpaying for something. So why are you griping? Because maybe a fraction of an ounce is in the cup. You go, you go to Starbucks for a reason. So you're not going to yes. gripe for some reason if your cup is not full. Because it's it's common knowledge that it's not. And I've never seen it as just right. a rip off. I felt like by the time they get done steaming and doing stuff, that's what it, that's mm-hmm. what goes in the cup. And it's always consistent yeah. is the thing. I was like, this is stupid, and I hope a judge, because these lawsuits are getting ridiculous. They I, are. I want a judge to say, this is dumb, and if you can bring me back something in writing that says a grande or a venti or a tall has this much liquid in it, we'll go from there. But that's never been posted. If you can it's bring me something that says you have to keep going to Starbucks and that's the only place you can get your coffee, then I will entertain your lawsuit. Go to Dunkin' Donuts then. Be like, they don't fill my cup up at Starbucks. I'm done. That's all you have to do. You don't have to get coffee from there. You don't, you don't, you like don't have it. to keep spending your dollar. You don't. See, that's the thing that people miss. If you, you don't. don't feel like as a consumer that you are receiving the goods and services that you're supposed to, your God you're allowed right to go to elsewhere. your dollars somewhere else. Elsewhere. The power of the dollar yes. is real. And people don't get yes. it. If you stop going places, you feel like don't appreciate your service, eventually they'll notice when people stop showing up. So if, you don't, if you're right. not happy to Starbucks, I'm with you. Go, you've got Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, mm-hmm. really just immerse themselves in the cafe. you got other places mm-hmm. that you can still Caribou, overpay. aren't they still around? There's a few of those still kicking in it. Levi, Caribou, what, coffee. Yeah. Um, there's all yeah. kinds of places. 
mm-hmm. Intelligista. There's all kinds of places. Um, Caribou Coffee. Yes. There's all kinds of places yes. you could go. So if you don't like Starbucks, how they fill your cup, go somewhere else. And here's what's interesting about this. Exactly. Why you didn't have to do a lawsuit is this, because Starbucks is really in tune to their customers. If you mm-hmm. had made a complaint, they might have given you a year free of coffee because they're like that. They say, probably so would have. I'm so my cup not being filled. I pay X amount of dollars, and they might have messed around and gave you a couple gift cards. Like, I'm sorry, let me let me yep. see that because they're really big on customer service. So obviously, yes. you never complained about my cup. Right. Never seems like it's full. They probably never right. complained. Starbucks is really big on their customer service. I will say that, and they feel like mm-hmm. I waited like two minutes too long, and they gave me my drink free. They're like, we're sorry, the mm-hmm. wait was longer than we anticipated. Yes. Here's your coffee. Don't pay. They'll give you a muffin. They like pick something out the glass. They yeah, like, you I was like, so they're big you, on customer yeah. service. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a Starbucks person. I'm not trying to be biased, but I was like, if you complained, they would have addressed that because that's one thing they're yes. really big about is addressing complaints from their customers because they realize I'm overpaying for something. How dare you not give me what I expect? So um, I hope this gets tossed out. And maybe and here's something I, I guarantee you, Nikki, it hasn't happened yet. Starbucks is going to respond to this. They're going to respond and be like, okay, first of all. This is what it's supposed to be. And then they're going to go store to store and be like, you better be filling those cups up. I'm serious, because they are really mm-hmm. big on that. So they won't let just let this go you know, without being said. But speaking about fallout for demands, we know that every state is fighting for 15 in wages. They're looking for you know, more wages, the living wage. And I get that. I mean, the, 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 the minimum wage federally is, what do we say, it was like only eight-something. It's minimal. No, it's like 795. And I can't believe that that has not been raised. Even that surprises me. But that's not a living right. wage. And I do believe there needs to be increase increase in minimum wage. Now I don't know if it needs to be fifteen an hour. I don't think it needs to be fifteen dollars. But, but I know it ten bare minimums, depending upon where you live at, it needs right. to be raised. Well, the fallout, and we talked about this. The fallout is now automated restaurants are becoming mm-hmm. more common, where. The McDonald's app that rolled out that I was like, I don't yes. understand this. Why do I need an app for McDonald's? Why should I order my food before I get there? Hmm. You know why? No. Because corporations because paying... are putting themselves in the position yes. that when the fight for 15 ends and they lose, they're going to cut back on their staffing is what they're going to do. And Carl's Jr. Yeah, but... is the first actual fast food restaurant that's almost ready to go automated. And people are saying, don't blame corporations for having to figure out how they can keep their overhead down. They're saying, blame people who are forcing higher minimum wages than corporations can afford. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it's twofold. I get it. People have to live, and not everybody can be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, and have those type of jobs, and some people have to work in fast food, and I get it, and they still deserve to be able to live and take care of their families, and I get that and I understand it, but on the flip side of that, we are all about the almighty dollar, and my job as a business, if I have to cut down and, and my business has to survive, because it's it's just survival of the fittest at this point. If I have to pay everybody $15, then how does my business stay afloat? So now I have to figure out how to cut back on that, and if that means you, you're on the chopping block. So it's a twofold. I understand one side of it, but I also understand the other side of it as, in a business perspective. And if, like, if I can get around this, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And why would I not do that? Why would I not do that? If I can have an app and have people order their own food and have it bagged and hot and ready when they get re- what do I need you for? So maybe you should look at maybe I'm not worth fifteen dollars because somebody can get around that. It's, then maybe it's really not worth unfortunately it. an uphill battle because yeah yes minimum wage is not a living wage and I agree with that and it does need to be raised but mm-hmm. it, it it creates a lot of complicated issues 
and a, a majority of that is because uh, mom and pop businesses have already been forced out by big box stores to begin yes. with. They can't compete, and there's no way, even if I'm keeping my mom and pop business afloat, if I got to now start paying somebody fifteen dollars an hour, I'm not going to be able to staff anybody. So it Correct. becomes more difficult. So what we've never bothered to really address in this country is how does this affect smaller businesses? Also. Does a 16-year-old need to make $15 an hour? No. Like somebody who's 35 standing next to him. You know what I'm right. saying? So there's all these issues that nobody's ever considered, like, in regards to addressing the living wage that has a major impact, not just on the bigger corporations. Because guess what? McDonald's, Carl Jr.'s, Target's, they're going to figure out a way. That's why self-checkouts came along a long time ago. I stand yes. one person over there who watches all those little all those kiosks. Yes. And I let people, and here's the thing, I've come to enjoy checking myself out. So Me too. I've now found a way. I've noticed, like at Walmart, literally that, that little corral of self-checkout is yeah. always open, and yes. fewer registers are open because that's a yes. way to make it easier and to cut back on having to have people there, especially doing low-volume times. So I was like, ultimately, what people don't realize, I do think the fallout is, yes, you should fight for 15, but just know if you get it, Things are going to change in a way that I don't know that people are prepared for them to change, and that's the scary part. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, but um, the automated thing I, I was just like um, I haven't even it was in the pipeline, that. Maya. That's in the pipeline, just like you said, the checkout. And at first, when they first started the self-checkout, I was all like, no, that's what you're for. This is what I'm paying. I'm not doing this. But then sometimes the lines are long. I was like, I can scan this and be out. Why would I stand in this line? I have come to as you say, enjoy just scanning my stuff, putting it in a bag, and just leaving. I'm like, I can do this for free. So why would somebody pay you $15 when I can do it? I don't even work here. And I can scan and go. There's a lot of uh, corporations, people don't understand, they will find ways to work around you. Yeah. And we we are a very tech-savvy society to begin with. We like technology. So now you, you saw apps coming out, for instance. Wait a minute. If you need to go to the store or to Sam's, just go through and check what you want, and guess what? We'll have it ready when you get there. Yeah. They've come up with all these ways to make things convenient for people. So they're going to find a way to not pay you $15. To not pay you $15. So take your 10 and have a job, or you can just see your $15 out butt at home, and we'll just do this ourselves. And that's the moral of the story. And that's the moral of the story. Or know this. Yes. People who wouldn't have taken those jobs, I'll go stand at McDonald's for fifteen dollars an hour because that's like a honey, my eyes closed. So now honey, you got a large Your Big Mac would be so stacked and fresh and hot and ready for fifteen. Okay, honey, like, I will make you a Big Mac that you've never had. For me to push buttons on a register and make sure your order is right and give you the right change back, please. I can do that yes. with my eyes closed. Eyes First closed. job, yes. like where are you going, McDonald's? Hey, your order? Yes, and it'd be the nicest service you ever got. Honey, yes. Fifteen dollars. My made. visor, baby, my visor, my earpiece would be on point. Yo, yo, yo. Okay. Yo, so big fly my little McDonald's polo. Whoa. Come on. Yep. I don't know. But I'm telling you, this presents a lot of problems. And I, living wage, yes. Fifteen, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. All right, everybody, that's a fringe. Some stories out there that people are talking about that maybe aren't trending in your timeline, but worthy of conversation because it might land in a town near you at some point of time. Trust me. I don't think we talk about anything that cannot be applied at any city anywhere in this country. It's just a matter of time. Right. You know, it might be starting in California, but, oh, here it comes your way. It, so it's coming. We're. All right, everybody, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, it will be time for What Will Nikki Say, where she goes forward. So with your Abby, everybody, sit tight. Yeah, 
Since her surgery, she has been attending Relay for Life events and has been walking in the survivor lap. There has been a huge backlash here in the office because people think Liz is misrepresenting herself as a cancer survivor. They are cruel and calling her a liar. Not so much to her face, but all over social media. I wonder if you think it's inappropriate for her to call herself a survivor, conflicted in California. Okay, let me just say this. Why is anybody being this petty? If she has the gene and she lost her mother and her aunt and she has the gene, you want her to get it and then have the mastectomy, she was going to have it. Now, technically, is she a survivor? I don't know, but she, it was coming for her. This is a killer. This is a serious disease. Who cares if she's doing the walks and she's raising money and awareness and she went through all this trouble to not get it and beat it before it happened? Who cares? I don't even know why, why this is an argument or a debate. Is she technically a survivor because she didn't get it yet? No, but it was coming for her, and she cut it off before it came. And why anybody's being this petty, who cares what she calls herself? This is something that can kill you. And why are people being this petty at the office is beyond me. This, is, this angers me. It infuriates me because cancer is real, and it is serious. And if you can combat that before it happens – why wouldn't you want somebody to do that and she's walking and raising awareness and doing all this stuff? Why is anybody mad at her for that? Why? Hey. Stop I'm, being petty. I'm with you on this. Here's what Dear Abby had to say. Considering her family history and what genetic testing revealed about her chances of suffering the same fate as her mother and her aunt, what Liz mm. did seemed prudent to me. That her coworkers would trash her on social media is appalling. <sighs> Yes. What horrible people they must be. I think the woman has suffered enough to walk a victory lap without being criticized for yes. it. Don't you? Yes. And um, I'm going to give you this round because I, I, I wanted you to go hard in the paint on this, and you did. Because yes. here's what is, is interesting. It never once said that Liz actually said she was a survivor. Right. She just supports the causes for awareness. She lost yes. two people. And there are lots of people who actually do the Relay for Life and Survivor Labs for people that yes. they have lost. So what this yes. person never said is that Liz actually said she was a cancer survivor. Right. So her, she's not misrepresenting anything. Are you, def, are you, I'm sorry, are you deflecting, are you putting something upon her that she never said? And honestly, so I think petty. somebody needs to say something. I'm yes. serious. I, I think Liz needs to say, I need to call, hey, everybody, and then just call them all out. And say one. You I know what? I, I would say something. I wouldn't write, dear Abby, if anybody did that and I worked in that place, I would I absolutely. I'm like, don't talk about her like that. I would absolutely. I'm like, you guys are disgusting. You are you absolutely something. disgusting. And this is. And I would say something. From a, a firsthand experience, making a decision, some, for someone to have to make a decision to do this, because actually, yes. Angelina Jolie did something similar because of her yes, family history. She did. Choosing she did. to do this, understand, is not an easy decision to make. It's no, not, no. because when you don't, when you are predisposed to possibly having cancer, because we do know it's genetic, and if your mother had mm-hmm. it, chances are you're going to get it too. But what it comes mm-hmm. down to is she made a choice, and trust me, there's not a woman on earth that wants to remove wants her breast from her body because it's part of who you are. Yes. There's not a yes. woman in the world who wants to have a hysterectomy if it's not necessary because it's yes. part of who you are. And then you yes. talk about the changes you go through, like with hormones. It's a, it's a process, folks. So yes. the fact that she made a decision not to wait it out and to, like, wreck her nerves and be mentally yes. just, like, you know, a nut job because she's so worried, when will I, not if, 
when, when. you diagnosed with cancer. For people Correct. to be so petty, something's wrong yes. in the world. There really Disgusting. is. I'm like, she made a hard choice, and they can't even see past the fact that, yes, she was being preemptive, but for the right reasons. And all they can say is, Correct. she's not a breast cancer survivor. What's wrong with people? Oh, petty. A petty. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I'm serious. I feel no. like that person needs to pull them aside. Like, let me tell you something. I would say something. Like, oh, I do. I that would absolutely say something. She had to make it. Why would you be so petty? Because she's yes. supporting a cause to actually get people to be aware. And yes, probably something courageous that somebody else has been thinking about. Yeah. Like, I'm in the same boat, and I don't know what to do. There's yes. something wrong with people, for real. I would absolutely say something. The right to the chase, and Dear Abby was way too nice for me. For me. Okay. Yes. Me too. That's for me. All right, let's go to round two. And this one (laughs) just made me jiggle. I was like, really? I tell you. All right, here it goes. Mom's body piercings are becoming targets of ridicule. Okay. My sister and I have no interest in body piercing except our ears. But we have seen it on our friends, and we're not impressed. However, our 44-year-old mom got her nipples Mm -hmm. pierced, and has started wearing jewelry there. Our parents are divorced, and she's not in a relationship right now, so it's not to impress a man. She says she did it to feel good about herself, which makes no sense to us. She takes off her top to show her female friends when they come over, and we could see them literally roll their eyes, but she doesn't seem to notice. She has now started showing off her piercings to our friends. I'm talking about girlfriends. But even so, we find this beyond embarrassing. They, they're polite to her face, but laugh behind her back. And word about it has spread, which we find humiliating. I'm, I suppose we should be thankful that at least she hasn't pierced her most personal place to show off to our friends like we've seen some girls do. We think some kind of midlife crisis or hormonal imbalance is causing her to act this way, but we wish she'd find a better outlet. If she wants to make a fool of herself in front of her friends, that's one thing. But we don't think she has a right to embarrass us in front of our friends. What can we do embarrassed in the West? <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. This is this is like the best thing ever. Thank you for this gift, Maya. I appreciate this so much. Look, I'm just going to say, when you turn 40, you become liberated. And I'm telling you, it's something when you get to the age of 40, you don't care what anybody thinks. You're like, okay, woohoo. And if they still perky, oh, God. You're like, I'm sure. No. And you're like, you're like, skip you. I've had babies and they still sit up. Look at these. I get it. And I understand it's just something about being liberated and still having perky boobs at 40. That's and obviously awesome she must be because she did that. She yes. could have downward debbies, that's for sure. Yes, so. yes. She could have, yes. So to, they, to be perky and pierced is an awesome feat, and I get why you would want to show them. However, with that being said, when you have children, I think still as a mom you have to scale it back. And and although you are liberated and everything, you you kind of have to consider your children, and it's not cool to be flashing your boobs to your children's friends and and that kind of thing you have to consider them because it is it can be kind of embarrassing and you don't want that and you don't want people talking about your mom it's kind of like and they're laughing at her it's hurtful both ways like I'm embarrassed and then nobody thinks it's cool they're laughing at you so I think that there's a way that you can just absolutely go to your mother and you should be able to and be like look if you want to pierce whatever you want it's your body we get it but can you not do that in front of us and our friends because it's embarrassing and people really don't think it's as cool as you think it is it, let it just be cool to you in your little group, but 
you have to consider us and our feelings, and everybody doesn't think it's that cool. And, you know, out of consideration for us and our feelings, would you do that? Because you wouldn't want us slashing our boobs. You wouldn't want us to do that, and you would be embarrassed. So have consideration for your children. And I think that's a conversation that you can absolutely have, with, and she should be able to understand. She probably isn't thinking like that because she's just frantic. She, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but I think that's absolutely you – can, you can come to her like that and be like, pierce whatever you want. But have some consideration for us and our feelings. It's kind of embarrassing, and can you scale it down? And mom should oblige. All right. So you can bring it to her, but just bring it to her like that. I agree that what your mother has been doing is inappropriate, that she has Mm -hmm. done it among her friends is one thing, but for her to disrobe to show your friends her nipple piercing is wrong. She may do this because she wants to prove to them or herself that she's still young and with it. If that's Mm -hmm. the case, it's pathetic. If you haven't told her, that when she flashes your friends, it's embarrassing, and you want her to stop it, you should. If she realizes she's making herself a laughing stock, she may stop. However, if she doesn't, then you and your sister will have to accept that you can't change her and realize that what she is doing is no reflection on the two of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lie. Of course it's a reflection on the two of them. It is. Father and your friends would be like, oh, my God, your mom is such, you know, yes. so inappropriate. Oh, that must be why. Yes. No, people are not that forgiving. Um, you, you both kind of said the same thing on this, that mm-hmm. you need to talk to her, and she needs to knock it she off. Does. She How does. Could you imagine your mother behaving like that? No. What's wrong with you? No. Honey, if my mama raised her top and show them raisins to anybody, baby, I'm going to hit the ground. And I'm not even a teenager, baby. I would die. I would die. I can't even imagine. My mama like, oh, honey, I would die. <laughs> so I can't like, imagine. No, no I mommy can't. draw here. Knock it off. No. no yeah, just, yeah that, that's interesting that. She definitely must be having a midlife crisis because just out of I, I couldn't cross a line like that. Like, hey, look, no. even if they were great, no. I'd be like, yeah, no, 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 oh no, that's weird. No, that's weird to me. That is so, weird. I'm gonna that put is that weird. round. You both said the same thing that mom's out of line. The okay. kids, they need to say something to her. So round two, undecided. All right, All round right. three. This is another. This is this is really funny. Oh my god, this is another goofy one. Man's preference for panties. Gives girlfriend pause. What? My boyfriend has been wearing panties since he was oh, 12. Oh, we done. Okay, just stop. We are okay, both I'm giving okay. And have been together for a year. I know it's odd, but I've always thought it was cute and admittedly sexy. But we will graduate from college next year and are thinking about our futures. I've been doing some reading and I'm concerned that me, he may have some repressed tendencies. He says he does not and gets quiet and stubborn and won't discuss it. He's always he's always dresses as female characters for Halloween, wearing my undies. This year he went as Lady Gaga. Are these good enough reasons to be worried? And if so, what should I do? Tested in Tampa. Baby, bye. You gonna have a Caitlyn Jenner in Twi- You will have a Caitlyn Jenner on your hands. Are you kidding me? I don't even understand how anybody would think a man wearing panties. This is absolutely repressed behavior. This is how it starts. You've been, he's been wearing panties since he was 12. What do you think he's going with that? Where do you think he's going with that? He's going full on remove Adam's apple, Caitlyn Jenner. That's what you're going to deal with. Until now, if you want to be married to a woman in 10 years, go right ahead. I don't see why people – this is the writing on the wall. No man wears panties at 12, and if he's that. been doing it since 12, he's not going to stop. He he's transferred from panties to women to dressing like women for Halloween. Where do you think this is going? Where do you 
think you think he's just going to stop because you're graduating from college? No, it's not. You are dealing with a transgender or somebody who wants to be in that arena. That's exactly what you're dealing with. And unless you want to deal with that, you have to realize that. I don't know why people don't get that. Men don't wear panties at all. It's not even cute. You don't even play like that. You don't play like that. All right. That's not even cute. Here's what Abby had no. to say. Whether or not you should worry depends upon what you are worried about. I'm concerned that your boyfriend is unwilling to discuss this than what he's been wearing under his Levi's. If you're afraid he may not be 100% heterosexual, you should know that some straight men wear ladies' panties because they like no, the they don't. No. Also, no, they don't. Also, some who enjoy cross-dressing have successful marriages to women who aren't threatened by it and who help them do mm-hmm. it. No. No. That's, like, that's too d- deep, dark of a secret. No. She is no. She's a liar. You don't know unless you into that. You will not have a successful marriage with me if you in the closet on my side. Like, can I? That's not gonna be successful at all. What are you doing over here? That's never gonna be successful. Can I just say? And so it. No. To me, panties seem like for a man the way panties. You don't a woman, wear those. That just seems like that would be really no. uncomfortable. No. Yeah. That's an extra. Yeah. It's different stuff going on down there. I don't know how that would be comfortable. I'm with you on this. There's some red flags, and my thing is he's yes. not willing to be open and talk about it. It'd be different if he's like, oh, no, I just – don't ask me why. It's just He's not he, – he shuts down. So if he's shutting down, why is Which, he shutting mm-hmm. down? Which means yes. you're already – you've got a long road ahead of you if he won't even talk about it. I'm with you on this. Um, there's yes. more than meets the eye, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So yes. round three goes to Nikki, and round four – you're going to love this one. This is a good way to wrap it up. Because trust me, okay. there are many people who have had this experience. Seriously. Dad okay. is disturbed by his ex's revolving door relationships. I was okay. in a six-year relationship with a woman. We shared a home and have a child together whom I support. She has primary custody, and I provide financial support and exercise my visitation regularly. We broke up six months ago, and she immediately moved a man into the house. Since they split up, she has done this again with a new person. I have moved on, and I am, I am content being single and focusing on my career and parenting my son when he's with me. Where I struggle is when the new man wants to meet me. I don't feel obligated to shake their hand, be polite and friends, or be supportive or have a smiling face. I'm disturbed by the speed she moves into other relationships. I feel it sets a bad example for my son regarding on how nice these men are. There is no record of abuse, and I do believe my ex is a good mother, just maybe lonely and very dependent on having companionship. I understand life goes on and people move on, but at what point is this unhealthy? Am I wrong for not wanting to be friends with my ex and her new guy friend whenever she decides she should be accompanied for custody exchange? I refuse to speak or to acknowledge these men. I'm not confrontational, but I literally have nothing to say. Any advice on how to handle this moving forward? Faking smiles. I 100% look and I get where he's coming from like I've moved on I'm happy being single and that kind of thing but Maya I have a problem and this is I have a problem with people who just bring random people around your children it's not healthy it doesn't set a good example on how they're going to have relationships and more importantly you don't know who these people are and it's dangerous you don't know who these people are, and you keep bringing – it's a revolving door of person after person after person. You're showing them something that is very unhealthy. It's, all, it's hard enough for children to deal with their parents not being together. And then you have to now bring in somebody else, and then they leave. 
and then you bring somebody else and they leave. That's hard for a child to cope with, and then you don't even know if somebody's crazy and a predator. This is how children, you're putting your child in danger, and if I was him, I would absolutely have a conversation and say, this is not about jealousy or anything. This is about the safety of our child, and you're being irresponsible on this front, and it's concerned. And as a parent, you have absolutely right to protect your child. And if she wants to be irresponsible and have men around, like you have your brothel, but my son will not be a part of that. And that's what you should do as a parent. You have to protect your child. It's not about jealousy, but your job as a parent is to protect your child. And I would absolutely say something. I have a problem when people do that. You don't do that to children. It's All absolutely right. unhealthy. Here's what Darabi said. I subscribe to the philosophy that you, one can never have enough friends. You don't have to approve of your ex's boyfriends, but it is your child's best interest to maintain a relationship that approximates cordiality. It won't hurt you to shake hands and be on a first-name basis with the men she who occupy space in your son's life, even temporarily. When we can't cha- change something, sometimes we have to accept it, and that's what we would, would be wise to do. Okay, I'm with you on this. First no, of all, no, forget, absolutely forget not. She's friends. crazy. The fact that she no. has all these men living over my child, yes. I don't have a problem with that. No. Like, are they missing yes. the real issue here? Because, one, it is setting yeah. a bad example. And it is. he didn't even seem concerned about that, which kind of bothered me. Um, I was like, you're right, there's no abuse, but it doesn't mean there can't be because it doesn't right. seem like she knows these people long enough, and it is sending the wrong message. Exactly. So I'm with you. He's not even focused on the right thing at this point in time. Like, at right. all. Wow. Right. No, and for Abby to be like, you have to shake his hand, you have to accept it. You don't have to accept bull crap. I don't have to accept anything when it comes to my child, but the right thing to do. I don't have to shake your hand. I don't have to be your friend, and I don't, if you're going to be irresponsible, I will remove my child from that situation until you can get it together. I won't be anybody's friend. I'm my child's friend, and that's who who I'm going to shake their hand, and that's what I'm going to accept. She's crazy. Shake their hand and accept it. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, I'm, I'm taking this you. round myself. Abby can go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, not happening. Yeah, um, I'm really no. shocked that he had that perspective. Like, he was missing what was really important. But yeah. I, I don't know what's on people's mind. All right, then. You win three rounds with one at a time. So again, you are undefeated. Dear Abby, sometimes yes. this cannot go for the jugular. On these no. ones, that to me, it's like, I know what he said, but did you miss the bigger point here? So, yes, again, you are undefeated because dear Abby can't, she just can't go hard in the paint like she needs to. All right? <laughs> there you go. So, what would Nikki say every Wednesday? Make sure you tune in for scenarios where she goes four rounds toe-to-toe with dear Abby. We're set to have our final segment, Celebrity Talk in the Side Eye. A couple things we're going to jump into. Hawk Hogan might be estranged from wrestling, but he was awarded $115 million yes. for that sex tape. Yes. I'm pretty sure he's feeling okay about that right about now. Yes. And Prince is set to pen memoirs. Now, of all people that would never think that would actually put his life in a book, Prince was one of those people, but he's decided. I guess he's got plenty to talk about. So I want to know, and I swear I want to know.
time for celebrity talk and a side eye is how we're going to wind right. down the show and talk about smoking gun. A sex tape will normally do it. It's evidence that you got caught in the act, but when you are a website and you decide to publish a sex tape of someone and you've not gotten their permission, then guess what? You can end up in hot water. And that's exactly what Gawker, the website that actually published the Hulk Hogan sex tape, that's where they found themselves in hot water. So finally the case comes to an end, and a Florida jury, Nikki, decided on Friday that Hulk Hogan deserved $115 million with a possibility of more because they're saying that Gawker violated his privacy by publishing that sex tape. So here's the breakdown. $60 million for emotional distress and $55 million for economic damages, meaning you've affected my ability to go my out and career. make money because you've yeah. tarnished my image, even though when's the last time people are making careers out of sex tapes, depending upon who you yeah. are. But right. Hulk Hogan, 62, at this point, what does he really want to do? I mean, I mean, granted, him being the relationship severing with, obviously, the wrestling community was hard for him because that was really who we knew him to be, and that had nothing sure. to do with the sex tape. That was about a rant he went on that was captured right. when he made racial slurs, and hence right. it was decided to sever ties with him. So that was a whole different situation. Interesting enough, Gawker is like, if we have to pay this, this will probably – we'll have to shut the website down. Well, okay, did you not consider this when you decided to publish something that you knew you didn't have, but you're right. not vivid for right. payment? You do not have the right to release something like this. And people are saying this is a huge verdict, especially from a standpoint with the digital age and celebrity privacy. They're saying because, you know, people are looking at does this somehow rival the First Amendment Act and the Constitution? So – this is something that many celebrities are often put under the microscope and things are like pictures are gotten like from their phone or things like that and mm-hmm. published without their knowledge. They're saying this could be a landmark case if it holds up. So, of course, Gawker is going to appeal this. Oh, yeah, of course, because do they have $115 million? I don't know if they do or not. But this is what you can't inv- – and I get that people, they're public people and they're public – we don't give celebrities the right to be people. You don't invade anybody's privacy like that. You wouldn't want that out there about you. And I don't know why people just really go over the line and publish things and get pictures and just put it out of people. That's hurtful and embarrassing. And I don't care if they are celebrities and they're in the public eye. Some things are still private. And what he did in his own private bedroom or whatever, that's his business. And you don't have the right to go and show it to the world. You just don't See, have a right to do that. And I think here. they should pay for that. What was so crazy about this, it wasn't just, you know, a, a random sex take of, of, you know, of, of Hulk Hogan having sex with just some person they didn't know. This right. little short one-minute video, it was like one minute 41 seconds or something, was with him engaging in sex with, with a, a wife, a friend of a, a wife. Right. Um, it was a, a, a radio personality by the name of Bubba the Love Sponge Clem, which was a stupid name. Mm, so yeah, they caught these two people in the act, you know, having obviously extramarital affairs. So, I mean, you really put his business out there, not just some random yeah. woman, but he was sleeping with a friend's wife. You know, so I mean, lo- lots of, you know, yeah. it caused a lot of issues and problems, to say the least. And obviously, mm-hmm. his marriage fell apart after that, and then things just, that the, the situation happened with the WWE, and then boom, he was just in a bad place. I, I don't know that yeah. I disagree with it, because my thing is, you didn't have permission, and you, my thing you is, don't. you could identify somebody that was in there, and you knew they were famous, 
Gawker, you made a decision because you wanted traffic to your site. So hence, exactly. this comes with the territory. However you got it was not a good way to get it. That's the Correct. bottom line. So Correct. you paid a price. So and I think they should business. pay for that. I think that there needs to be a lesson taught to people who are ex- who are into exploitation media that you don't have yes. a right to violate people like that just because they happen to be celebrities because that's a exactly. private moment. I agree. He wasn't he wasn't like having pay per view like watch me hit my friend's wife. That's not what was right, going exactly. on. So here, exactly. So that's a violation. I'm kind of confused why that's so hard to grasp. But you know when people don't see wrong in their actions, we've gotten that point in society. Um, First Amendment right. Well, then you violated mine too. Right. That was private. I agree. So, uh, it's very interesting. So. 115 mil. It doesn't matter what Pay happens it. moving forward. Um, just go go enjoy retirement, Hulk Hogan. Yes. It doesn't matter. Another story that's a buzz, talk, talking about celebrities, Prince has announced he's writing a memoir, which first yes, of all surprises honey. me. Because Prince is such a private person. Yeah. For him to decide to put his life on paper, I'm like, wow. And of honey. course, the working title, The Beautiful Ones. Couldn't be more Okay, I want to know. He has been this mysterious thing for so long. I want to know it all. I want to know. I will read. I don't buy memoirs of people. I have yet to buy one. But this I'm reading because I want to know. I am so glad he's doing this. And I'm not even a Prince fan. But he just mystifies and and intrigues me. I'm like, what's behind those heels and those assless chaps? (laughs) I want to know. And that new fro? made this announcement. He was doing a concert in New York, and he said that a publisher by the name of Spiegel and Growl came to him with an offer he can't refuse, and he said he's not doing it alone. This is where he's dealing parts of his life. He has a brother, which he's never talked about, his family named Dan, who's helping him to write this. I'm like, you got a brother? I just thought you were like a right. lone wolf. You know, like you just kind of <laughs> walked out the forest by yourself because he's so private. Friends is a private individual. Yes. I mean, we saw Purple Rain. We we're like, okay, is this a, is this a peek into your life? You know, it did happen in Minneapolis where he was born. So we were right. like, are we getting a peek into Prince's life? Yeah. But I guess he said he's going to like start with his first memory, how he got into music. He's going to talk about his family. So he's saying he's really going to share his life in this book. And he, it's funny. He says to the audience. You guys still read books, right? Yep, just for you. Yes, I'm gonna read just yours. You. Just for you, I'll I will read yours. read yours, and I want. <laughs> I, I can't wait like, to get I'm to the chapter about, about this. You got to tell me about the yellow pants with your butt out. I need you explaining. <laughs> I need a whole chapter on the yellow pants with your ass out. That's what I, I can't wait you know, to get to that chapter. That I wonder if he'll touch Love on it. because. Prince very much like David Bowie walked that line of androgyny for a while. Remember the yeah. like, like soft and wet and controversy? There was like the yeah. photographs. I was like, I'm confused. Is this supposed to be? But a nobody ever man? called him on it. You have to. Nobody ever called him on it. It's just like you, him, and David Bowie get to do it. Nobody ever questioned his sexuality. <laughs> nobody said he was fruity because Prince well, you know, was like, I keep a bad chick. He was chick. always He's like, really I keep a bad chick. So you were like, yes, okay, fellow, you a little different, but look at the girl. Yeah. So you just never, keep even though it was, I will be honest, especially like controversy. The thing was, yeah. Prince always sang about women, but so did Luther. Not to say that I'm not implying anything, but it was just, there was some imagery he had. And I was like, I don't know if I understand what's going on here. <laughs> Serious. I didn't. Yeah. But then I would forget about it because I'd be listening to the lyrics of the song. And I'm like, well, clearly he's right. singing about a woman. So I was naive yeah. and I just said, okay, hey, that's just, he's on, he's just wearing, you know, a G-string with a coat and a tie. And Honey. I'm supposed to be okay with this. And boots. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, um, this is a much-anticipated read for me, and I hope he does me not. Too. I want him to give me the nitty-gritty. So this book is set to be released mm-hmm. fall of next year, and I will be ready. Nice. I will, I will be on the waiting list for sure to get me this Me too. Book. 
For sure. Me too. All right. So that's some celebrity, some celebrity talk. No real side out. We didn't get to the side out. We're going to say that for Friday. Because there's oh, a comment really? about hip-hop that I actually agree with. But we'll save that for Friday. Okay. For sure, because that'll be a good Friday topic. All right, everybody. This episode is in the books. Remember, we're on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. So you can always join us. If you miss a show, don't fret. You can always find my shows here on the homepage at Blog Talk. Or you can go to the iTunes Store podcast section and search Maya Kai Presents. Or just go to my website, mayakai.com and voila everything related to the show is there nikki if they want to find you when we were not on air where can they find you i am nikki Braden on facebook and twitter the nikki Braden on instagram you can pop on over to nikki Braden.com. i got some good stuff over there for you go check it out and happy hump day and as always you have the opportunity today to do something nice please do so it could be as simple as a smile or even holding a door that's it it. we'll see everybody on friday have a good one Follow Maya on Twitter at The Maya Akai Show, on Instagram at Maya Akai, and friend her on Facebook. Social media is bringing us all closer together. The Maya Akai Show. Radio never looks so good. Eh, I'm going to retweet this. <laughs>